0: one yeah.
1: Welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I am your host, Lisa. And I'm Eric. And we have a super fun episode for you guys today. Eric and I were both fortunate enough to go to the Good Morning America taping of the Blink-182 concert, which is part of their summer concert series. And oh boy, we have a lot to discuss today. Right, Eric? Definitely. But as always... We have to get into our top three of this week. That's right, our top three international countries of this week. So, Eric, before we can get into our episode today, are you ready? Ready. Okay, coming in at number three, we have Spain.
0: Nice, Spain. Always strong, man.
1: Coming in at number two, we have two countries tied for our second spot this week.
0: A tie, very nice. That's a very once in a blue moon occurrence.
1: It really is. Eric, do you even want to take a guess? Try to take a stab at it? Which two countries tied for the second spot?
0: Nah, just just lay it on me. <laughs>
1: just lay it on you. Alright, tying for our second spot this week, we have Canada, and for the first time ever in our top three, we have Malaysia.
0: Wow, first of all, it's nice to see Canada again, and second of all, it's always nice to see a newcomer.
1: It's crazy that our top three has become a top four this week.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, that's insane.
1: Shout out to both Canada and Malaysia. Malaysia, congratulations for the first time making our top three. That is no small feat. So shout out to you guys as well. And coming in all the way at our number one spot this week, we have the very loyal United Kingdom.
0: Was there ever any doubt? (laughs) (laughs) We love you guys.
1: For sure. So there you have it, you guys. That's our top three of this week. We have Spain at number three. We have Canada and Malaysia tying in at number two. And we have all the way at number one, the UK. So congratulations to those four countries. And all those who are listening out there that didn't make it this week, have no fear. You can make it next week or any week after that. All you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have. And we could be shouting you out. Next. All right, Eric. So we have a lot to discuss today. We're going to be talking about the GMA concert. We're going to be discussing the songs that they played, just the whole atmosphere of it, what it was like, the experience, what people could expect if they want to go to a GMA or just any television concert series what to expect from that. And we're going to be discussing the three new singles coming off of Blink's new album that is going to be released in September. That's right. For those who may not know, the big announcement that was made this past Friday when we went July 19th was that the new Blink album will be released on September 20th.
0: That was just really awesome to just finally get something, you know?
1: Absolutely, 100%. I remember us standing in line waiting to get into the concert venue in Central Park, which is called Rumsey Playfield, and we were waiting in line discussing everything about Blink and the new album, and I said to you, I said, I hope today that... They give some type of details, whether that be like the album name, if they want to debut the artwork, if they're going to drop a actual release date. Because up until that point, they just vaguely said September, but that could have been beginning. And I know they said that this was going to be a summer release, and they really chose the very, very end of summer. I mean, technically, it still works. But uh, they were walking that fine line between summer and fall. So I'm glad that we at least got that information.
0: Yeah, me too, you know, because there's only so long you can go without just not knowing anything before you start to crack.
1: And everybody knows at this point, especially our listeners, how much I love Blink. But even I am willing to admit that this album cycle has been extremely messy from the jump. I mean everything following this tour and the arrangements of when the album was going to be released have been all over the place and I am just fingers crossed right now hoping that everything will be worth the wait because I don't mind things getting pushed back if they want to work extra hard on the arrangement of the songs and which songs are going to make the cut and getting the best quality material on there, then it really doesn't matter to me if uh, a couple months is going to be the difference between a mediocre album and a really great album. So for that I am willing to wait that wait, but of course, it it really tugs on your heartstrings because you're sitting here and you know that it's right there and you're very much on the brink of getting that new music. But it just keeps on getting pushed back and things just keep getting postponed and it it plays with your emotions for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just that feeling that little by little gnaws away at you and it just gets harder to deal with, especially as the date gets closer and you still don't hear anything, you know, but uh, you do what you can.
1: And for this scenario specifically, for those who may not have been following since the beginning of this album cycle, pretty much things have been kind of messy with release dates, information, and it's very much up in the air for everything. So what I mean by that is the album was announced by the band. It was supposed to come out in June, a late June release, but an early summer release. And that was supposed to coincide with them playing Dates at Warp Tour, and that was going to be the kickoff to their tour. And then when they released the info that they were touring with Wayne, that was supposed to be the big announcement that they were doing a crossover tour between two different worlds of like pop punk, alternative rock, and hip hop. And rap. So that was supposed to be the big announcement there with Wayne and Blink, and of course, Neck Deep opening for the two, which is quite a lineup. Side note, I feel like I am very much so in the vast minority that is a hardcore Blink fan and a diehard little Wayne fan, and somebody who also thoroughly enjoys Neck Deep. So I get the best of all three worlds because I know a lot of complaints about this tour. Hence what we referred to in our latest episode earlier this summer was the fact that people are either going for Wayne or people are going for Blink and it's very hard to find somebody that can appreciate the two. I would be in that minority category and very much proud of that. I like I said in that episode, I'll say it again really quick here. Just give the music a chance. Whether you're going for Blink, whether you're going for Wayne, the whole point of the tour is just just be exposed to new music and go outside of your comfort zone. And the goal would ultimately be to pick up new fans in each fan base. So I think that's a amazing thing and I really admire them going for this despite all the backlash that Blink received for touring with Wayne. I just appreciate the crossover. I think not only is it very ambitious, but as we referred to in that episode, it has been done before. And I think that this is where music is heading. That uh, the barriers of genre are meant to be broken. And I think that this is a step in the right direction. So... With that being said, going back to Blink's album cycle, this tour was supposed to be a huge announcement in promotion of Blink's new album that was supposed to be released in June, but then it got pushed back, so therefore they had to switch up the whole marketing of the tour and then create something new to get people to uh, buy those tickets and draw people in other than touring with Wayne, which may or may not deter people from going. So they ended up getting lucky enough that this year marked the 20th anniversary of their album, Enema of the State, which was really their breakthrough album back in 1999. It was released 20th anniversary this year, so they got to fall back on that and use that to promote their tour. So they're going to play that album in its entirety, and then obviously play some more fan favorites after that, and that is where the promotional stuff kicked in for that so they moved the date around for that and then their album got pushed back with no release date no information no album artwork no pre-orders no name nothing And they have slowly been rolling singles out. They dropped their first single back in May, Blame It On My Youth, which we will get into discussing that very shortly. Then they released Generational Divide. And then most recently, they released Happy Days. So... When they released Happy Days, they chose to drop that on July 1st, which for those who may or may not know, die-hard fans will know, that July 1st is the 182nd day of the year. So they released it on that day. They also released California on that day, three years ago. So there was that. And for those who checked their email when they got the release of Happy Days, if you scrolled all the way to the bottom, it said new album coming out in September with no specific release date once again. So it was a little bit of a tease. It's like they kept on rolling out singles and little bits of information here and there, but nothing concrete, nothing to hold over the fans for too long. So Eric, I gotta tell you, it was really refreshing to get some kind of information at that show and that's what I was hoping for. I didn't care what it was, if they were going to debut a new song or release the title or artwork or you know display it anything like that i was just trying to get some type of concrete information from that show glad that it happened once again september 20th is when the new album is expected to drop and i am not only super excited about getting that date but it turns out that that date is going to be the same day that i catch them on tour Originally, I was going to trek it to Camden, New Jersey, because that was the only date that had Blink and Wayne that was the closest to New York. But fortunately enough for me, they rolled out some new additional dates on the tour, and Brooklyn was one of those dates, and it ended up being on September 20th. So that is going to be an extremely special day for me. I think my head is going to explode, Eric.
0: Oh, man. that That's going to be... Quite a day to remember years from now, I'm sure.
1: Seeing Blink, Neck Deep, of course, seeing Wayne all in the same place. You know that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity.
0: And of course, we're going to do the same thing we did when California came out. You know, go to the show first, listen to the album after. So, first of all, the show was absolutely amazing. It was a smooth ride there. Thankfully, everything went well. And, you know, it was from start to finish, it was just. So freaking flawless. And their set list was really awesome.
1: Speaking on their set list, let me give you guys the breakdown on their set list. It is not a full-blown show. This is a show made for tv so you have to consider the commercial breaks you have to consider the sound check you have to consider the limited amount of time that they have to work with to film these songs so it's not a full-blown set list they played five songs but the concert is also for free like i love how people are so entitled and they're like oh i'm not gonna wake up early to watch them play five songs and it's like bro The concert is a free concert. First of all, nobody's asking you to go or wake up early if you choose not to do so, number one. Number two, don't ruin it for everybody that wants to go see the show, you know? Don't put that negative energy out there. If you don't want to wake up and and you don't think personally that it's worth it, then nobody is asking you to go. But don't ruin it for your friends out there, people. If they want to wake up and go to the show, it's free. It's such a fun experience. Um... A little bit more on that where you're going to touch upon As far as the setlist, I will say it was actually six songs now that I think about it because they gave us two bonus songs after that they were done recording live, which was really nice of them because normally they play three or four songs and then that's it. They pack everything up. They go because it's not live on television anymore and they are not obligated to do so. That's very important to stress. I cannot stress that enough. They are not obligated to play any more songs, but they do because they know that the fans have been waiting all night and they know that they they've come and from all over the world actually because there was a lot of fans that were coming from all different countries and I heard a bunch of different languages being spoken and even across the U.S. there were so many people that were there coming out of state. Uh, There was a couple mentions of Texas and Connecticut and New Jersey of course and um, California and bunch of places really so they know that people have traveled to come to the show they know that they've been waiting up all night and they want to not only perform the best that they can but give the fans something a little extra for putting in that dedication and just for showing up and being there and it was said so far this summer that Blink drew in the largest crowd of the summer concert series for Good Morning America thus far so that is such a huge deal and yeah, so I was so happy that the band decided to give some fan service there and throw us some extra songs. So with that being said, the set list was as follows. Blame it on my youth, all the small things, what's my age again, bored to death, I miss you and cynical.
0: And what I love is that it's a varied set list. You know, you've got some classics on there. You got some newer favorites, thanks to Skiva. And then you have the songs that are just forever live staples like I miss you.
1: Speaking of Matt Skiba, I do want to point something out because I did get a couple of messages about this for people that watched the show online on YouTube and had a lot of commentary on it. He recently got throat surgery, and that's why his voice seemed like it was strained. Not only was it strained, obviously, from their touring every night and doing the vocal warm-ups and everything but it was strained because he recently got that procedure done. So I just wanted to throw that out there for people because a lot of people had comments about Matt and his performance and they said that Mark and Travis were very much on point, but it seemed like Matt was kind of straining his voice to reach certain notes during songs. So I just wanted to clear that up really quick about Skiba. But I gotta say... The performance itself, there was a bunch of energy on that stage for that early in the morning. And not all the guys are morning people. In fact, I think Mark is the only morning person. He was the first one to really come out and interact with the fans. And he signed a couple of CDs. He gave out some of his stickers from his clothing line. I was able to grab one of those. Super stoked on that. His clothing line is, Hi, My Name is Mark. You guys should check it out. It has his signature octopus logo on the t-shirts. It's really cool. So he was just doing a bunch of, uh, you know, interaction with the crowd. and, And he was bright and early and happy and smiling, and you can tell that he was really happy to be there. And uh, you got to give it to the other guys because it's a very early show, and to have that much energy and to put it all out there for that early in the morning is not necessarily the easiest thing.
0: Speaking of giving credit to all of them, I had no idea about what you said about Matt's Keepa's Voice until you just said it. So now that I know that little detail... I give him credit for singing Cynical, because you know that that song specifically... A heavy Matt song. Yeah, uh, that's probably one of his most extreme vocal performances on California, so for him to reach those notes and just scream his heart out, I mean, I can't even imagine what that must have took for him to attempt that.
1: I love Screamy Matt. In my opinion, Screamy Matt is the best Matt.
0: Oh yeah, and of course, it goes without saying that his guitar playing was definitely definitely there. I mean, he never fails at that. So that was cool.
1: Another important thing to add here was it was our first time hearing Blame It On My Youth live. I know that they've been playing it on tour, but it was our first time being able to hear it other than the studio version. And I was always curious to see how that would translate in a live setting. So how did you feel about hearing the song live and what was your initial reaction
0: to it? I personally liked it a lot. You know, I, I love the song as it is. i I'm definitely, you know, split on it. But I definitely do like it a lot. But seeing it live, it was just really cool to hear it replicated live. Mark sounds exactly the same as he does in the song. Now I understand why Matt was a little bit off when he sang it. You can definitely tell he was struggling a little bit with it. But generally speaking, it was just cool to see it... Finally, replicated live and see how it stands up in the studio version.
1: Yeah, that's what everybody was saying exactly that on YouTube and watching the live stream of it was noticing Matt's voice. So that's why I had to throw that in there because uh, it wasn't just a normal circumstance. Obviously, he's fresh out of surgery and that has a great impact on his voice. I mean, I think people need to give Skeeb a break here on that one. As for hearing Blame It On My Youth live, I am still torn on the song as well. I have to say I I knew that they were going to play a new song obviously in promotion of their new album because that's initially why they booked this Good Morning America show. Anybody that goes on these TV shows for the summer concert series usually is promoting something, a new single, new album. So I knew that they were going to be playing some type of new music. I was hoping that it was going to be Happy Days only because that was the most recent single released. So I figured, oh, it was a July release, this is a July show, makes sense. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers here, so I'll take whatever I can get. And I guess it makes sense because Blame It On My Youth was the initial lead single for this album. So I am still very much uh, torn on it. I don't think it was the worst Blink song in the entire world, like the internet reaction to it. However, it's very far from what blank is truly capable of. And it, I, it's still very much questionable why they would make that song a lead single. Nonetheless, Eric, I gotta ask you, out of the six songs that were played, both live and off air, which ones did you enjoy seeing them perform live that day?
0: I loved All, but definitely I Miss You and, of course, Cynical. I mean, that song, I'm glad they closed out the show with that.
1: You know, I'm so glad that you said that because that was for sure my favorite pick of the day. Cynical, I'm so glad that they yep, ended yep. it with Cynical. And I feel like that was just the major Uh, performance with energy it was just full blast and that's why I love cynical so much because it really brings that out of each of them individually as performers and it brings them together on stage cynical seems to be a song where they are the most active going back and forth on stage and they are really just jamming on their instruments and you can tell the band themselves really enjoy playing that song
0: and also it was just cool to hear the opening lyrics to that song because that brought me back So when I first heard California, those are the very first words you're greeted with on the album.
1: What an opener. Such a good opener.
0: Right. So to, you know, be able to sing them live now a couple of years later and, you know, really love the songs in the album. It's just really nostalgic. It's really cool.
1: So Eric, before we get into talking about the three singles that they've dropped to promote this new album, I wanted to give the listeners some advice because I know that we really could have used this advice years ago going to the Good Morning America shows or even if you're going to the Today Show or any kind of taping of a show and you're going to a, a live concert for one of these morning shows of what to expect going into it. So Eric what advice would you give people that want to go to one of these shows for free, but they have no idea what to expect?
0: So first and foremost, definitely plan the best way to travel. Because that was our biggest problem years ago. That's good
1: advice. That is good advice.
0: You know, especially in the city, you really have to know your way around the train systems and all that. So definitely take your time in figuring out how to get there, whether you're using the train now of course there's uber thankfully and also you know don't ever go by yourself to these things especially because it's really early in the morning so you know it's better to err on the side of caution go with a friend or a crowd it's just better that way definitely wear comfortable shoes because there's a lot of standing up uh you know long wait in line and then of course you go in there and It's even more standing up, so definitely do that. And also, very important, stay hydrated because it's the summertime and you never know what can happen. At the show, uh, the hype man was constantly telling everybody to bend their knees and to stay hydrated precisely because of that, because they don't want any, you know, accidents happening. or No fainting. Yes. So definitely take your precautions and stay hydrated. Are there any tips that you would like to add?
1: Well, first of all, I just want to say the four tips that you just gave are really solid tips, really solid pieces of advice that I wish that we knew going into it years ago. The last thing that I would like to add to that would be to get there early. I think it's very important that people want to get there early, especially depending on how close you want to get to that stage. It's New York City people. So you can only imagine that people are staying overnight from the day before to see some of these shows. And it also depends on the demand of whoever's playing. So I would say get there as early as possible. You definitely have to factor that in depending on whether it's just a casual show that you just want to be there to see it in general, or if you're really trying to get as close to the stage as possible, then you are going to have to get there early. So that would be my fifth piece of advice.
0: That's a very good piece of advice, especially for people who really want that you know immersive experience if you're someone who just wants to go to go and to say you were there then great you've got time to get there but if you really want the full experience yeah that's a good tip to follow
1: so there are the five tips let's do a recap eric ready we'll go back and forth number one plan out how you're gonna get there
0: number two wear comfortable shoes
1: Number three, and this is really important, do not go alone. If you can, go with a friend, a family member, anybody that you could possibly find, even if you have to find somebody that uh, just mutually enjoys the artist, but do not go alone. Make sure that you go with somebody.
0: And number four, equally as important, stay hydrated.
1: And number five, rounding it out. Make sure you get there early, depending on how close to the stage that you want to be. It's New York City. There are going to be a lot of people on that line, a lot of people waiting all crazy hours of the night. So it is up to you to plan it out and get there as early as you possibly can, depending on who you are seeing. Or if you just casually want to go, then you don't have to stress it too much. But Those are our five tips of advice. Hope that helps you guys get an idea of what to expect when you go for the first time. And just enjoy yourselves. Have fun. It's a free show and it's so much fun. Especially if you're going to see somebody that you've been dying to see. And maybe somebody that you haven't seen live yet in general.
0: Exactly. So please use these tips to your benefit because you owe it to yourself to make this the best experience or one of the best experiences of the summer.
1: All right. And... To close out this episode, we are going to be discussing the three lead singles off of Blink's new album, which is still no title, no album artwork, no pre-order, just throwing this out there. There have been rumors that we might get this information this Friday, which would be July 26th, but then again, it's just rumors, so take that information with a grain of salt. We got to work with what we have so far, and those are the three lead singles. So we have Blame It On My Youth, Generational Divide, and Happy Days. So Eric, what is your least favorite single to most favorite single and why?
0: So starting with my least favorite, definitely that will go to Blame It On My Youth. I like it a lot, but at the same time, I feel it's missing something. In some parts, it's good; it's fulfilling.
1: You could say it's missing guitars.
0: Well, that's definitely <laughs> one thing, but yeah, you know, it's just missing that extra punch that you're used to getting from a Blink song. So, in in some respects, it's good; it's fulfilling. In other respects, it's lacking. But generally, you know, it's got some replay factor to it. And my second favorite, definitely, be Happy Days. I love that it's uh, it's definitely got a classic feel in the sense that it's only mark on vocals something that we haven't heard in a while so it's cool that they're revisiting that where maybe each one of them will have a solo spot on the album and also this might be a stretch for some people i don't know this is just my personal opinion i feel like this song in particular definitely takes influence from uh, take off your pants and jacket a little bit I feel like it's one of those songs... I can definitely hear that, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those songs where you think to yourself, maybe it could have been on that album in some way, shape, or form. Now, for my absolute favorite, Generational Divide, just because I love hardcore punk and this clearly takes a page out of that book. And as for the length, I know some people wish it was longer. Uh, You know, yeah, I can see that, but I also really love how short and precise it is just because there's a lot of punk rock that I listen to that's exactly like that so I have no problem with the length I think it's really cool and I love the way Matt's voice sounds on this one In particularly the in particular the microphone he's using it makes his voice sound that much more prominent in the song which I think is really cool I hope they do that on other songs and yeah that's my take on the three singles how about you
1: well, Eric, I will save the listeners the trouble of doing the back to back because we have the same lineup. I agree with you. Blame It On My Youth is my least favorite. Then I have Happy Days in the middle, and then coming in at the number one spot, Generational Divide. And I'll quickly give the breakdown on why. With Blame It On My Youth, it is not Blink's worst song to date, but I do believe that it is very, very poppy and very empty and just very surface level for the band I think that they're capable of so much more and for it to be a lead single is very confusing to me so it's not the worst I didn't have that reaction when I first listened to it, where I'm like oh my god this is awful but I have zero qualms with saying that it is nowhere near their best either so that is why it's my least favorite of the three And my second choice coming in in the second spot would be Happy Days because it was so refreshing just to hear Mark. It's been a long time since we just got a pure Mark song. And we are so used to the dual vocals. I mean, that is one of the things that I love about Blink in general is the dual vocals and the contrast between the two singers on these songs, especially when um, Tom was in the band because their voices are so drastically different. But I will say it was refreshing to hear a solo Mark song. And I really didn't know I needed it until I listened to it. And I was just like, wow, this is really good. So... There was that, and I agree with what you said about the take-off-your-pants-and-jacket feel of the song, so that's why Happy Days is taking the second spot. And for Generational Divide, of course, this has to be my number one. In my opinion, it is hands down the best song out of these three singles. And it's because of the instrumentation. And I love that old school punk rock feel going back to the roots of Dude Ranch and stuff early on. And you're right as, as far as the length that is what punk rock used to be like with those types of songs. I mean, it is really an ode to those classic punk rock bands and that style of music to have it that length. Uh I know a lot of people complained about it. I was definitely one of those greedy people. I'm not going to lie to be like that's it. I want more because it was just such a tease for being so short, but I love it for what it is at the same time. So for sure, Generational Divide has to take my number one spot for now until the album is released or until they release more songs, just because in comparison to the other two, this is when I think Blink really shines.
0: And also, it's worth to note, I don't know if you noticed this, I'm pretty sure you did, uh, it's it's worth noting that the band is aware of the criticisms of their fans, because the lyrics in generational divides say "Are we better? are we better now?" and that's kind of you know asking the fan base is this better? do you like this more you actually
1: know? i w- I took that song more of a sarcastic take on it,
0: of course so absolutely
1: instead of instead of um referring back to the fans and being like, "Are we better now? is this better now is more of a sarcastic like uh, we heard all the criticism from blame it on my youth and guess what we don't care because we're still capable of doing songs like this we have it in us and it's just about our decisions what we want to do where we want to take the band and we can go back and forth any time that we want to so here's a 49 second song to shut all of you haters up about oh blink sold out and we're too poppy and mainstream but at the same time we're going to hit you with those sarcastic lyrics to kind of throw a little little jab at the fan base because as i've mentioned before in previous episodes on this podcast there are no pleasing blank fans no matter what song and what music they release there are always people on the other side complaining about it it's just that they can't win there's just way too much contrast and divide among the fan base so
0: and if you want to look at the song lyrics in a more serious manner you know they have a double meaning because not only are they sarcastically you know taking a jab at the fans but they're also talking about how some things just don't change between literally generations you know future generations are supposed to improve on the past and sometimes that just doesn't happen so it's really cool to have that double meaning in there
1: yeah, and then that can dip into the world in general, the environment, politics, so on and so forth. There are so many things that there is that generational divide and that gap between generations. So that totally makes sense with the double meaning.
0: Punk rock at its finest. What can I say?
1: So there you have it. That is our lineup. We picked Blame It On My Youth for least favorite. Then in between there, we got Happy Days and number one, Generational Divide. I also do want to know, do you see the progression between these songs? Because you have um, Blame It On My Youth, which is to me a straight up pop song. And then you have Generational Divide, which is a punk rock song. And then you have Happy Days and that is pop punk. That is the clear in between the best of both worlds right there. So I think it's cool that they released a little bit of everything for somebody. And I think that's going to be the overall theme of this new album is really breaking barriers, trying new things and not so much caring about the genre of where the song fits. And just throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks and hoping for the best.
0: And with that description you just gave, I mean, the stakes are high. You know, I I really can't wait to see what they do with this.
1: And it's even more high now because of the anticipation factor that we were discussing earlier, because of everything getting, you know, pushed back and held off, that everybody is anxiously waiting to see what this is going to be, this next uh, album cycle and this next era for Blink.
0: Yeah, definitely. That is an understatement. Can't wait to see what September 20th brings, man.
1: September 20th. So for all those who are listening right now to this podcast, if you want to see us, we will be there Friday, September 20th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn for the Blink and Little Wayne tour. I cannot wait. I am going to spaz out. I'm going to be so excited about this tour and i just know that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity so i'm ready to live it up to the fullest on that day and of course the album drops the same day so mind blown it's going to be such a fantastic day if you guys happen to be going to that show Feel free to say hi. I know I said this about the Jersey show. I am so sorry about the Camden, New Jersey show. I will not be attending that one, but I am going to be in Brooklyn. So for those of you going, come and say hi. Love meeting new people, and it would just be a really cool experience to meet some of you guys that have been listening. And with that being said, you guys, we are going to close out this episode for today. We want to know, have you ever been to a summer concert series for any type of taping for a morning show? If you have, what was that concert and what was your experience like? We would love to hear from you. And also, just because I'm personally curious, I would love to know what is your favorite of the three singles that have been released for Blink-182 so far from the new album? I would love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com so I can hear all of your feedback, and don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media, and stay tuned for our next episode.